Anybody want to take a shot in the dark at what today's episode is about? Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. It's Friday, September 21st, 2018, and guys, welcome to another edition of the Fritzcast. I'm not really sure how this episode's going to go, because quite literally, the focal point of the news this past week has been on Donald Trump's Supreme Court of the United States nomination, Brett Kavanaugh, thanks to uh, an explosive allegation that has sent the entire world of politics into chaos, which I, I, I would assume everybody had, a, had thought that it was already chaotic anyway. I think everybody thought that the current state of the political realm was chaotic. Just just under Donald Trump alone, <laughs> it's chaotic, right? But this is a whole new level of chaos. This is a whole new level of chaos, a whole new level of history repeating itself, a whole new level of people not paying attention to details, And a slew of other things that, that could probably be mentioned. And sincerely, I mean, like, I am scrolling through my Twitter timeline on my iPhone right now. My tweets and replies. And I am not coming up with a lot of other type of political commentary that didn't directly involve Kavanaugh or the Supreme Court of the United States talk. I mean, that literally was that was the, the this was the breaking thing this week. It dominated ninety five percent easily or more of all political commentary. And what I what, I I thought I've seen some hearings conducted by the Senate and our illustrious politicians that run this nation that, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Politicians, here in America, we're supposed to look at politicians as, you know, these are people. They're not raised up on a pedestal. They're not royalty. They're not, uh, they're not our supreme leaders. We have so much power over them, but, but, in in times like this it seems like it seems like they treat themselves as an own class it's a political ruling class that i see constantly when i talk about politics uh, uh for some reason the the people of the united states are so into legacies and they're so into showmanship and stunts and they want they, they, they want these government officials to, to be, like, raised up on a pedestal. P- 
practically. And I, I never understood that. I never understood that. And then people ask me, they're like, well, you've expressed interest in running for office. Why? I mean, isn't it because you kind of want to be in the limelight of stuff? And the answer has always been no. I've never wanted to be in the limelight of stuff for that. Not, not for the political world. For real. I've wanted to get into politics. I talk about politics and I follow this stuff and I do this podcast and I do blogging and I do YouTube videos and all that because I care about the root of it all. The root of it all. The, the, the liberty aspects. The key pillars and principles that the nation was founded on. Not about, you know, what is this politician going to do for me? What is this politician going to get up and promise for me? But what is this politician going to do to defend my natural rights, my inalienable rights outlined in the Declaration of Independence and framed in the Constitution? And when, when, when you like those things, by the way, you tend not to be popular on the political front because you're not making promises to people you're not pandering to the crowd you are you are literally talking about something that on the cusp people believe is still intact and and not under threat or not under siege but in reality this this is not a perfect world and we all know that individual liberty and some of those very key defining pillars including the constitution itself is whipped and beaten and violated every day, multiple times, multiple fronts, all sorts of different people. Now, now on Kavanaugh, but before I proceed any further, when, when Donald Trump announced Brett Kavanaugh as his pick, my initial reaction was, you know, eh, this is like a mild pretty safe choice for Donald Trump to make uh, because I forget what, what district court he sits on already but he's a it's not like Kavanaugh is some name he scooped out in the dark or anything he literally picked a name that was provided on a list for him because these lists have been provided for him by some of the inner GOP circle that he promised he would, you know, listen and hear them out kind of as a deal. Much the same way that Neil Gorsuch was picked. And, I mean, Neil Gorsuch got picked was, you know, a, a pretty middle ground choice for the Supreme Court as well. And didn't, didn't uh, stir up even... Even a quarter of the amount of insanity we've seen against Kavanaugh uh, during his hearings and all that, like that, Gorsuch's hearings were pretty low key, and there wasn't much substance. If you go back and watch any of uh, any of his hearing whatsoever. Kavanaugh hearing every every day had somebody forcibly removed from the courtroom for shouting. And it all started, by the way, on the night of his nomination when protesters were standing outside of 
the Capitol in D.C. Shuffling around rally signs with different names of different people to protest against. So from the very minute that Kavanaugh was selected as a Supreme Court nominee... I don't like to get into divisive politics here, but for real, the left had a mob outside with signs of all these different potential names. They had like the top, probably like three or four options that they thought were going to get picked. And immediately they had rally signs and were chanting about hell no to Kavanaugh and didn't even know an ounce about his judicial record, which was insanity. That was, uh, like, if there's something that's peak stupidity in my mind, it's the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm almost convinced that Donald Trump could have come out and said, you know, I'm picking Merrick Garland for this seat uh, because the GOP snubbed him before uh, the election and stiffed Obama in his, you know, right to pick a Supreme Court nominee. And if Donald Trump did that, instead of hearing all the stuff about, oh, hey, now we're being fair to Merrick Garland and giving him a hearing, I'm sure somebody on the left would dig up something and be like, you know what, Merrick Garland isn't even that great of a choice anyway, because because X, Y, and Z might not be as severe as we've gotten with the Kavanaugh thing, but I'm pretty, I, I'm, I, I'm hard-pressed to not see, sorry, snifflies, where... The, where the left wouldn't have dug something up on Merrick Garland to say, ah, oh, no, he, he, he's not suited for the court. Well, you were all for him when Obama picked him. What do you, what do you mean he's up for the court now? Different, because uh, Mr. Maga Man picked him. So uh, we found bad aspects of stuff that we really don't like about him. Now, that's just playing, that's just playing speculation anyway. I mean, uh, it's not worth diving into. And to be honest... Uh, I researched Merrick Garland back when that was a thing. So you're talking about 2000, what, 2016, 2015, that time frame. I don't remember a goddamn thing about Merrick Garland now. I really don't. My brain is only so big, (laughs) and it can only process so much information. And having to dig through Neil Gorsuch and decide whether or not I thought it was right, and now Brett Kavanaugh, plus just the fact that we're arguing over what the Supreme Court's purpose is. When when people say, oh, we shouldn't politicize the Supreme Court, it's been like, it's, it's been hyper-politicized for a very, very long time now. Because instead of arguing over, you know, what is the job of a judge? What is the job of the Supreme Court when a case is sent to them? People think of it as a super legislator, as as this creating body that is going to be, like it, it's as if it's like the it's it's as if it's the council of God on earth, and they're gonna do the right thing if we put the right people in to ensure that the right laws are made. When that's not even what this system is is built on, it's not even built like that. The Supreme Court. is supposed to look at the letter of the law and was it applied within. And if we don't like that law, like they're literally supposed to look at that and see if it's constitutional or constitutionality of things. And if they find that a law 
is applied and it violates the constitutional rights of the individual in question, then that law gets struck down because they say it's it's unconstitutional. That's what they do. (laughs) But they don't look at it and go, well, you know what? This, by definition, is constitutional. But nobody seems to like that anymore, so we're going to bang the gavel and switch it and declare that it's not. Now, they can take a case like that, look at it, and then go to the Senate, go to the Congress and say, listen, this needs clarity. This needs to be addressed uh, because it's a gray area. I mean, they can do that. They can always push it and say and but to me anyway people seem to bypass this whole thing that uh we have a republic in which you vote for a representative to speak on behalf of you and i mean we all know how that works lord knows that i don't want my representative just to hear my opinion and validate me because me, 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 I, 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 me, 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 me. Like, I don't want that from my elected official. Because I floated with the possibility that I might be wrong on some things. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to say you might be wrong on something. And I'm going to dive into a little bit of that, a little bit more of that in a minute. But... I've floated with the idea that I might be wrong and that before I became a very open-minded libertarian individual, mind you, which I think has turned me into a better person, given me better political outlooks, promoted freedom, individuality, individual liberty. Before I was all this, I was just a GOP golden boy. I was right there behind George W. Bush and and a bunch of crap from growing up. I was a, I was a if you ask me if we got a time machine, went back in time and asked my you know twelve year old self or my fifteen year old self what I felt about politics and what the government was supposed to do and all this. You would be talking to a different person. Plain and simple. Because 15-year-old me didn't understand the world as much as 29-year-old me does. So this is all the bickering and arguing we do, right? And then this news breaks. The nomination of President Trump's pick for the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, faces turmoil after a woman publicly accused him of sexual assault for the first time. The woman, Christine Blasey Ford, told her story to the Washington Post. She alleges that Kavanaugh pinned her to a bed at a Maryland party in the early 1980s when they were both in high school. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill with the latest. Nancy, good morning. 
Good morning. The major new development this morning is that Ford has offered to testify publicly about the alleged incident, and Kavanaugh says he's willing to testify as well. Senate Republicans are still trying to figure out what to do. They're very worried about allowing a scheduled confirmation vote in committee on Thursday to slip, but they may have no choice. Democrats are going even further. They want the FBI to investigate. 51-year-old Christine Blasey Ford told the Washington Post that Kavanaugh pinned her to a bed on her back and groped her over her clothes at a party when she was 15 and he 17. When she tried to scream, she said, he put his hand over her mouth. He was trying to attack me and remove my clothing, she said. I thought he might inadvertently kill me. Ford is a psychologist and college professor in California who initially sought to remain anonymous but spoke on the record with the Post's Emma Brown after word leaked last week about the letter she wrote to a couple members of Congress. People were repeating things that didn't seem right to her and so she wanted to tell the story herself. On Friday, before Ford went public, Kavanaugh said, I categorically and unequivocally deny this allegation. I did not do this back in high school or at any time. Carrie Severino, chief counsel with the conservative Judicial Crisis Network, says the allegation is at odds with other witnesses to Kavanaugh's character. Someone who passed six different background checks over a 25-year career in public service with not a whisper of misconduct. Really, it just doesn't add up. Ford showed the Post therapist notes dating back to 2012, in which she described a rape attempt by unnamed students from an elitist boys' school who went on to become highly respected and high-ranking members of society in Washington. Democrats called the allegations very credible and urged the FBI to take proper witness statements. To railroad a vote now would be an insult to the women of America into the integrity of the Supreme Court. So Christine Blasey Ford actually wrote uh, letters to several senators, and the one that we're going to you know, stick out because she led the pack on this was uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein. She had this letter with these allegations, these, these very allegations that were being made, these accusations, she had this letter since July, um, before hearings even began, on Brett Kavanaugh. And since the time that these senators received them, uh, they remained hidden. They remained anonymous. They remained untalked about. Then the story anonymously broke with these allegations, with no name to the accuser, which people initially, when it broke out, were like, you know, those are some serious accusations, but it coming from an anonymous source, we can't, uh, you know... I mean, yes, we we do have to take the allegations seriously. It's less severe if there's not a name attached to it. Well, I guess... Maybe it was political theater. Maybe it was playing chess. I don't know. Maybe... Christine Blasey Ford was urged by Democrats or other people or the press or, or any combination thereof to attach her name to it and and press the allegations as her to strip away the anonymity of it all.
which happened. So then now we have a name. We have the allegations. Uh, I'm trying to think of where I can even start with all this. You know what? Let me start with, I wrote a blog for 71 Republic. And you can read it if you go to 71republic.com. You'll see a post on there by Fritzcast over the Kavanaugh accusations. When the story first broke, my initial gut reaction, I'm actually upset at myself with and, and a little disgusted by because my initial gut reaction was, you know, isn't isn't this convenient? Isn't this convenient? And it was incredibly wrong of me to have such a gut reaction. I mean, and I'm, when I'm talking about gut reaction, I'm not talking about I sit down. I'm not talking about sitting down and processing the information and all that. I'm talking about the headline pops up. You read the headline and just the first thing that comes to your mind. First ungenerated just thought that pops into your head. Mine was, isn't that perfect? After all this circus, the big charade, the people drug out in handcuffs during the hearings, the the, the fact that this all started back with, with, you know, instantaneous protesting against Kavanaugh the minute he was picked, despite the fact that nobody out there waving a Kavanaugh sign didn't know anything about his judicial record. Still pretty disgusted at myself for having that reaction because even as an anonymous source of information, but the fact that Christine Blasey Ford came out and attached her name to it, I, allegations and accusers, I, they have to have the, the respect from everybody to step forward and make those accusations and not be slandered and torn apart. Like the, the big thing is that this becomes a game of filth on both sides. It becomes a game of filth. Because if you go on social media, which if there's one thing I recommend not doing right now, it's going on social media and reading all this stuff and, and what people think and feel about it. Because some of the extreme things, and I'll highlight some of them too, some of the extreme things that you'll hear and some of the things that people actually believe is quite scary and quite telling in this time. But I'm disgusted at myself for, the, for that reaction because... I shouldn't delegitimize the fact that this woman's coming up and making an accusation. Because if it really did happen to her, it's something that she had to experience. I'm sure that the emotions that she expressed are things that she actually felt. And it's not right. It's not right for somebody to have to go through unwanted things like that. Whether it's sexual in nature because, I mean, that is truly horrific. Truly horrific. Talking about being pinned down, hand over your mouth because you want to scream, and you're being felt up and groped up like you're an object. That's categorically wrong. And it's indefensible. It's it's always indefensible. You always hear people say, oh, well, he, the, the, this dude was drunk. Not an excuse. He's a teenage boy. Not an excuse. It's not acceptable. 
I understand that aspect of things. And if this woman really went through it at the hands of Brett Kavanaugh, it's wrong. Kavanaugh seemingly never got put under the radar or questioned or made to pay for it. And I get that. that and I felt bad because I was not paying that respect. Because it's a serious allegation. Serious allegation, give it the respect that it deserves. Okay. I'm with everybody on that. There is another angle to this, though. So I absolutely believe that Christine Blasey Ford has the right to be heard, has the right to state her case, but also... I am not in to just crucifying Kavanaugh for the cause. At the end of the day, at the end of the day what I'm talking about is the whole justice thing. Some of the fundamental things built in to the justice system of the United States, one of the big things that made the United States different from a lot of other places is the fact that you can have accusers come up and make accusations and all that, but that the accused retains a state of innocence until proven guilty. Which is something that I stated in this article that I wrote for 71republic.com. It was the, it was the fact that I want to be neutral because I care about the truth in the matter. So I do think it needs to be handled in a professional manner. I really do think it needs to be held in a professional manner. I'm not I'm not one of the people sitting here saying, "Hey, rush this vote. Rush the rush these hearings." I'm not saying all that. But it seems that we live in a state where you're not allowed to even question the accuser now. And I think it's a dangerous precedent. I think I think a lot of what we're seeing right now, depending on how it plays out, could be very dangerous. Not taking away any any I'm not trying to take away anything from Christine Blasey Ford or her allegations. They're serious allegations. If Brett Kavanaugh did this and He's lying about it. It makes him rather deplorable. I don't want to defend the man if he did these things. I don't want to have respect for the man if he did these things. But there's certain things that I do want to just say on the matter. For instance, over the past 48 hours, we've had a lot of goalposts being moved. I believe, anyway, because Christine Blasey Ford comes out, attaches her name to the allegations, says she wants to testify. Kavanaugh categorically denies, says he wants to testify as well. 
the GOP says, hey, you know what? She needs to be heard. We're going to invite her to come and testify. Then all of a sudden, the, the brakes get pumped. Then it's, she wants to testify, but she wants a thorough investigation by the FBI. The FBI comes out and says, no federal crime is being, is being made in these allegations. We don't, ha- we, we don't do that. And it became this big arguing point back and forth on social media to the degree that people didn't pay attention and were sharing the Clarence Thomas and Anita, H- Anita Hill allegations during Clarence Thomas' hearing where Clarence Thomas talked about how the FBI conducted an investigation. So they were saying, look, Trump is saying to the FBI, don't investigate. The president is trying to pressure the FBI to not investigate. The FBI is saying they won't investigate, even though Clarence Thomas, they investigated Back over here when they did it. So who's lying? Then people had to come out and conveniently point out that uh, Clarence Thomas was a federal employee. So was Anita Hill, which happened in a federal building. Ergo making it a federal allegation. Oh, okay. Not to mention the fact that the FBI has gone through Cases and cases and cases of uh, Brett Kavanaugh background checks multiple times over. Then the FBI says, listen, even if we did investigate, we can only investigate the fact that you're making allegations. It's not our job to turn over every stone and see if your allegations hold any credence. It's literally just we would find it and report it to the Congress, and you've already done that in this letter. So the only thing we can do is look at the letter and say, hey, this is in Kavanaugh's file as well. So it became a big shuffled stunt back and forth, big talking point, but not even not, 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 not even really substance in the talking point because it was pretty cut and dry that the FBI said, we're not some specialized super secret police force that you that you tap to investigate things that happened 30 years ago. In in a in a that that doesn't involve federal charges for federal crime in our jurisdiction. So the FBI really isn't playing hard, hardball here. They're not. Then they say, "Oh, the Republicans are trying to force her to testify by Monday, which I, you know, I'll agree. Yeah, Monday. It's been a week, so calling for uh, calling for a testimony in Washington D.C. by Monday. That's that's a pretty big thing for somebody who you know has these accusations and allegations, but needs to go on record saying them now. Except that the GOP didn't demand that it was just on Monday in a public hearing. Like, one of the stories I read was that, oh, the GOP is trying to force her to testify in public at the same table as Brett Kavanaugh in Washington, D.C. this Monday, and that's it. Those are their only terms. And they won't bend or break when, in fact, 
she was reached out to and said, "All right, listen, we want to have a hearing. We want to we want to reopen these hearings. We want to hear you. We want to have you be able to make your allegations and state your business to the Senate. We want to do this on Monday. It can be public or it can be private. It can be in DC or we can come to California." Like they went through a laundry list of stuff and it's all every every answer has been no, 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 no. Thorough investigation needs to be done, no. Thorough investigation does need to be done, but realistically speaking, what thorough investigation of it is going to kick up any good information from what was it, thirty five years ago? We're talking about something that happened longer than I've been alive ago. Not to take away from the seriousness or the potential legitimacy of it. But that's what I got to at the end of my article in in 71 Republic. Honestly, now the damage is done. Brett Kavanaugh might now not ever get nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States. Even worse, the allegations could cost him his present job and the rest of his career could topple a guy. And this goes th- th- this goes back into what I really wanted to talk to. Any woman accusing a man of sexual misconduct or assault they absolutely deserve the right to make the accusations and present the case. But At the same token, I believe in the justice system. I do not believe that it's right to be able to crucify somebody and make them pay on mere allegation alone. I do not. And and, and here's one of the main reasons why. And here's what I want to do. I want to read you a series of tweets from Emily Linden, who is an author at uh, Zest Books, Wattpad, a columnist of Teen Vogue magazine, and a speaker for Soapbox Incorporated, which is feminist speakers, feminist campus, campus and feminist conversations. Here's her series of tweets. Quote, Here's an unpopular opinion. I'm actually not at all concerned about innocent men losing their jobs over false sexual assault and harassment allegations. First, false allegations very rarely happen, so even bringing it up borders on a derailment tactic. It's a microscopic risk in comparison to the issue at hand, worldwide systemic oppression of half the population. And more importantly, the benefit of us all all getting to finally tell the truth, plus the impact on victims far outweigh the loss of any one man's reputation. Sorry, if some innocent men's reputations have to take a hit in the process of undoing the patriarchy, that is a price I am absolutely willing to pay. How many of our reputations have suffered unfairly? How many of our lives have already been destroyed because of physical violence against us? Why was that acceptable But now, one man's potentially unfair loss of a career opportunity is not. Why don't people think before they type? Why don't people think 
before they post things on social media? How come people don't think before speaking? Because if anybody if anybody heard me read that tweet and, and wants to go on and read that tweet because it's still available on Twitter, it's not like it's taken down or anything. You can go read it on Twitter. Did anybody agree with any of that? Did anybody agree with any of that? I found the comment very disgusting, and I find that there's lots of people that subscribe to this this comment that, ah, uh, yeah, a couple of innocent people might bite the dust for it, and that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not sorry about it. I don't really even care about it because the bigger picture here is, no, no. Somebody, man, woman, black, white, any race, any gender, any sexual identity person, if somebody's innocent and you don't have an issue, you don't take an issue with an innocent person and their whole life, their whole life being destroyed... Do you really have an interest in justice? Do you really believe in being fair? Because to me, the answer is no. Unequivocally no. You can't. You've already stated your case. You want to unravel the patriarchy. All men had this coming to them for the the past misdeeds of other men. If, if this is what the world is, is coming to, if the world is just coming to, this happens for so long in the past that now it doesn't matter if innocent people suffer because of it, because they need to pay for the misdeeds that none of us were here to actually experience. It's just the fact that they happen because the world is a sucky place that we live in. If that's what it's becoming, oh my God, this world sucks. This world sucks. Who wants to be a part of this place anymore? I should have voted sweet meteor of death in 2018. Or, or 2016. Whatever election it was. I don't know. Sweet Meteor Death 2020 for all I care. But it's very divided. It's very divisive. And let me just wrap it all up in a big ball now. Let me let me just bring it all back in. Because I'm going to cut this episode off. It's all been Kavanaugh. Can you believe that? All Kavanaugh talk. Personally speaking. I think Dr. Ford. Has the right to step forward. Make her voice heard. Present her case. And it doesn't really... We're, we're not going to figure out facts out of this. We're not going to figure out facts. We're not going to get a conviction out of this. Nothing. At the end of the day, what will have happened is nothing. I think... If I had to predict, I think Kavanaugh doesn't get enough votes for confirmation that Trump is more or less faced with having to drop his nomination. He's probably going to nominate, um, what is it? Amy Barrett. Is it Amy Barrett? Yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. If I had to, if I had to take any guess, Kavanaugh takes this hit 
whether or not we, we call it justly or unjustly is, is beside the point. The damage is done. The damage is done. Accusations that we can't validate other than this is what Dr. Ford has said. She might have one or two cooperating witnesses. Kavanaugh says no. He has a laundry list of people categorically denying that that's even his character. And he has X amount of years behind him of no additional allegations and no other accusers. Whether or not that's because he's a really crafty fella and hides his dirt really, really well. Or maybe he just had this one instance which isn't justifiable. It doesn't excuse the fact that it happened if it did. That that's We're not going to find truth to that. We're not. In my mind, damage is done. Kavanaugh's going to take a hit. And you're probably going to... We're probably going to have a round of hearings of Amy Cohen Barrett for Supreme Court of the United States. If not prior to November, the November midterm elections, then after the November midterm elections. And you have to wonder how much further you can go with not picking a Donald Trump Supreme Court nominee. It, this might be the big political talking point and, and highlight for the next two years, if it is. I don't know what other insanity can sprawl from it because I don't know what to expect, but that's that's my two cents. And am I going to talk about anything else from this past week? No. Absolutely. Well, no. Last night, the Cleveland Browns snapped something like a 360-plus day losing streak. The, the, the last game that the Cleveland Browns won was December 24th, 2016. December 24th, 2016 is when they last won a game. Until last night, that is, when before halftime... They stuck in their number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield, who within only one half of a game threw for some 200 yards, only uh, a couple of incompletions, uh, almost about half of which were dropped passes. So not really even attributed to him. The Browns snapped a losing streak. The Browns, the people in Cleveland are, are, are drunk off their freaking butts right now. Because of their win last night, which was, by the way, the Jets took an early 14 to nothing lead. And the Browns rallied to end the game 21-17 in the final minutes of the game, which was very exciting to see. Very exciting to see and very exciting to watch. Now I think you're not going to have Tyrod Taylor playing in there anymore. I think it's just, I think it's Baker's, I think it's Baker's Mayfield now. Um... Because he, he, the way he rallied the team, and now it's just, why not just play Baker for the rest of the year? Um, you probably could have three wins by now if Baker was playing, arguably. Because he needs the experience, and you're going to build your team around Baker Mayfield. You might as well build your team around Baker Mayfield. You might as well do this right for once. The Browns have had the first-round draft pick for, like, decade or better. <laughs> And don't have any of the number one draft picks that they picked. Baker Mayfield seems to be a good key thing to build your offense around. 
So you might as well play him for the rest of the year. Let him get the playing time. Let him experience the real deal NFL football. And maybe, just maybe, the Browns will shake off this stain on their history. Who knows, though? But that that that's it. I can't talk anymore about about this. I'll probably, in the next week, be putting out possibly a video or two and another written piece. And then next week's podcast will be probably back to its normal self. But I had to... I had to expound my thoughts on on this a little bit, and so I'm sorry if it came off a tad boring or or not as bombastic or funny as it normally is, but uh, it's just a serious situation where, you know, I'm wondering, are we going to live in a world where just mere allegations can stop and stall things and ruin people's lives, and are people going to be okay with it? And I think it's, I think it's, it's probably an unpopular aspect to talk about with these things. Miss Linden, but I think it's the more serious thing that we need to talk about because at the end of the day, it's almost like, why even bother having a justice system? Just whichever mob is louder, let that mob win. I don't know. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the FritzCast. Please follow me on Twitter at FritzQS. You can contact me at FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook.com slash the FritzCast YouTube channel search for the FritzCast. And minds.com slash the FritzCast. Follow my friend Sarcasm and Liberty and the Sarcasm and Liberty team. A great group of people that I work for and with. And keep your eyes peeled for Twitter tomorrow, Saturday morning. Follow. Who's going to get a follow this week? Is it going to be, well, Sarcasm and Liberty is guaranteed. A lot of people are guaranteed. That thing's growing every week. So anyway, I love you all. I'll see you next week.